Welcome to the Acoustic You Podcast, guys. I am your host, Cheyenne Williams, and if you are here to find the real, raw, unapologetic version of ourselves, you have came to the right place. So if you're ready, I'm ready, let's lock arms, and let's go out and change the world. Welcome. Um, Okay, so for those of you that are new and joining, this is the Acoustic You Podcast. Welcome. I am Cheyenne. And I have a very special guest with us today, the one and only Dakota Williams, who is also my older brother. Um, so welcome, Dakota. I've been waiting for this day for a very long time. Uh, I think I started my podcast. I was like, you're going to be one of my first guests. And guess what? You're here. So I manifested it and it happened and I'm super excited. Um, so go ahead and kind of share with the listeners right now who you are what you do, where they can find you. I know you're not really big on social media, but they might still want to follow you. Um, mm-hmm. So go ahead and take the floor. Yeah. So Dakota Williams, I'm currently living right now in Boston, Massachusetts. As far as what it is that I do, technically speaking, I am the regional manager of a, the field marketing department for Mass and Rhode Island. What we do is we knock on doors. We create leads for the solar sales side of this to help people save money here in the Northeast. Um, But really when, not too long ago, I kind of further got deeper on what that actually means to me and what I'm doing is I'm not training people to be better door knockers. Really what it is, is is training people to be and helping people and assisting them in becoming better, higher performance versions of themselves, completely Mm -hmm. unrelated to the job itself. The byproduct is that they get really good at the job. To me, my job when I show up every single day is not to get them to be better salespeople, but to actually get them to become better thems. So, yeah. So that's what I'm currently doing as of right now. I love that. And how do you, because obviously solar panels is, I'm assuming, was not your passion growing up. So how did you go from like growing up to the Dakota I know to going to high school, then college, and then like getting a degree and then doing something totally off trajectory of what you thought. Like, how did all of that play into effect? Yeah. I mean, college, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't really a choice. You know, mom and dad kind of were like, you, you got to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know what I want to do. It's okay. Just do the thing and you'll figure it out. So that's yeah. kind of how it is that I ended up in college. Um, I kind of always knew I was going to be doing sales to some capacity because, you know, but obviously the people don't. Um, I was selling everything right. in high school. Like now, granted, it was all legal stuff, all legal <laughs> stuff. Right. But I was selling everything I get my hands on from peanut butter, jelly sandwiches to gummy worms to what we call the ghetto worms, where we take the gummy worms, dip them in Gatorade yeah. and then put them around in like Kool-Aid powder and always had success doing that. So I always, I always kind of knew in some way, shape or form sales was going to be something that I was going to do. And then really how I ended up in the industry itself, I graduated with a philosophy degree. And the more I think about it, it actually is in direct alignment with what it is that I'm doing now, because it allowed me to really have a further understanding of people because philosophy, psychology, which are both things that I really loved, that you also go hand in hand. Philosophy is more like a higher level ethereal version of it. Psychology is real practical, scientific based data to explain the human condition. Um, So how I even ended up in the solar industry was by chance. Um, I was going to be doing investment banking with Fidelity. They gave me the job. 
I accepted about a week before I was supposed to actually fly out to New Hampshire to start my training to get my C7 license, I think is what it was. Um, my buddy Nate, who I made uh, friends with back in college, he reached out to me and said, hey, dude, we have this one, one of my friends from high, like childhood. He's in this working for this one solar company. Give it a look. And I was like, no, nah, I'm all set, man. I'm going to be making 90K secured salary plus quarterly bonuses, commission, the whole nine. So I'm all set. And then about three days later, he was like, like, dude, just just give it a look. Like, what do you have to lose? You already are, you know, going to be you already have a job. So what do you have to lose if you just at least look into it? So I was like, you know what? Fine. You're right. Whatever. I'll give it a look. Um, did an interview and then just something inside of me was just like, that's that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that you should be doing. And that's the thing that, like, you know, you should be doing. And I told Fidelity, I'm all set. I actually don't want the job anymore. And then drove cross country in the beat up Mitsubishi Eclipse that I had to go start working in solar sales. Technically lead generation, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's the thing is like, I've noticed, especially like in my journey, which is really cool because obviously we grew up together, but like watching who we both were and then transforming into the people we are now, like we've always had like this twinsy mentality and like, you know, we've always been super close. But mm-hmm. it's like to really see that like we became aligned, but so different still, even though you're I'm in California and you're on the East Coast, like you do philosophy, I do psychology, like they go hand in hand. You're in sales, I'm in sales, you yeah. right? And so it's like, it's really cool how it's like kind of all lined up. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also really love to share like, what was your, or like for you to share, what was your mental journey? Be going through all of that like what is like the roadblocks the limiting beliefs all of that stuff you had to work through in order to kind of be acceptance of like who you are today yeah um I think really what what has always like helped with that is I've always had this I've always had this 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 aspect to me that just never gave a fuck what people thought about me that I just, I literally never cared, you know, like as obviously as I got older, that became a lot more calcified and it, there wasn't little remnants of it that would seep into how I would operate or how I would think or how I would perceive certain situations. But that's just something that's always been there. I just never really cared what people had to say, what people thought. I knew that I was making the decision for what I thought was the right decision. At the end of the day, it's my decision. So if you don't agree with it, you don't like it, you have your own take on it, you whatever, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you're not inside my brain. You're not inside my heart. You're not going through and experiencing what it is I'm experiencing. So you literally have no idea. You're just assuming why I'm all of these other things when it came to the decisions that I would make. Yeah. So that, that like definitely really helped with it. And also just this, this constant, I guess, I guess I would go to the extent of saying need of, Mm -hmm. of wanting to just always be better. And like, I've I've always wanted to be better. And then this is where philosophy became like the best and worst thing to ever happen to me. It's like a running joke that I have with myself is that it's, it's given me this, this really large scope of all of these different forms that the human condition like shows itself in how we process things, how we identify with certain things, even just the idea of identifying with something. Yeah. And it really just opened up my mind to, so side story but it'll go into what i'm about to say is that it it does something to your brain right into your like your heart when 
you read somebody like, I don't know, let's say a Thomas Aquinas, right? Who's really coming from more of a, a religious type of background, arguing in favor of just this idea that we there are these moral systems and there's these overarching universal truths that guide all humanity. And if you deviate it, that's where you get right. good and right? And mm-hmm. it does something to your heart and to your mind when you read that, you're exposed to it, and you're like, oh, dude, like that's the thing. Like that's the thing. And it makes so much sense. And you're like, I'm gonna like I, I have to adopt this because it resonated with my being so deeply. And then a week later, you're exposed to a Machiavelli that pretty much says all of ideas are morals are just relative morals don't really exist. They're a man-made creation. And then you I'm exposed to that. I'm like, oh, that's the thing. That's the thing that like that makes so much sense. You know, like they couldn't be any opposite. You know, one dude is saying there's this universal truth. Another person is saying there is no universal truth because morals don't even exist. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like just seeing myself like bounce back and forth. It, in the process of doing that, it kind of expanded like how I can, I guess, perceive and understand and feel about all of these things, which gave me just a lot more, I guess, tools to be able to work with when it came in like to cultivating what it is that I want to be or the type of person that I want to become or even just the path that I want to to walk, you know? Um, yeah. So that was definitely one of the biggest things that helped played into all of it because it just gave me this, all of these different tools to, to deep dive into myself, to really peel back all of the layers that that is myself and then you know somebody like a Nietzsche that um this is actually I would say if I had to draw a very clear line in the sand on what really made made me go all in on on becoming like the person that I am is he has this idea that there's these three metamorphoses that we go through in life or that we should go through it's the camel the lion and then the baby and in short, what they pretty much are is the camel is that when since we're born from birth, we have all of this baggage that have been put onto us by other people. And the baggage in short is not our own. The idea of what a good little boy is, the idea of what good manners are, the idea of when we should say please and thank you. Like we didn't have yeah. the womb knowing that mom and dad right. taught us, our family right. taught us, right? And then the lion is this, as you put it, the, the individual that then slays the dragon of thou shalt, right? Mm. And it's just this like deliberate and conscious effort to go against all of these things that have been put onto you, right? And then obviously the baby is once you've attacked all of these things, the things that are still there, and now you're coming into life with this brand new, fresh perspective that is true to just you because you made the effort for all the things prior to that. And so once I really read that and resonated with it, like that was, that's really what like the second step that like propelled me into becoming the person that I am. I just made this conscious effort to things that I identified as good, things that I identified as what Dakota is, things that I identify as what Dakota should be doing. I just made the very conscious effort to just attack it, attack it, attack it, disprove it, see if where it is that I might be lying to myself, see where like my my contradictions may lie within myself. And then on the other side of that is who it is that I I, I should be, right? Should be. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, just these major like epochs I want to guess you can call them that like in my life that just sparked all these ideas on how I can just further cultivate who it is that I want to become you know so that's kind of I guess the the trajectory those are like the two main things that really stood out to me that that helped play a major role into who it is that I am now and who it is I still am in the process of becoming yeah I love that because especially when you're like the lion part so I 
always tell my listeners, but I've also do personal growth reading. And the first thing I tell them is like personal growth isn't about like changing you. It's about like unbecoming the current you, right? So it's like personal growth, like you are literally unlearning all of the negative habits and the negative thoughts and all of those negative behaviors you've conjured up over the decades you've been living. And, you know, I love how you touched base on that, but also this idea of the lion. And so I read this book by Mark Batterson called Chase the Lion, and it's all about how you unleash this real unapologetic version of yourself by not running away from fear. So a lot of times if you take like that lion metaphor, if a lion's coming towards you, you're going to run in the opposite direction. Right. And it's like, no, like you need to almost like say, fuck your fears and not let them be in the driver's seat of your life, but kind of move them to like the trunk buried, trapped in and like you need to go and attack that lion before it comes and attacks you. And it was this whole metaphor of not letting your fears dictate how you live your life based off of societal influences, external influences, all of these things that tell us how we need to live. Right. And including our parents, like from infancy to now, like they tell you how you breathe, how you walk, how you talk, how you respond to things. And it's like, none of that aligns with who we are so then we have these identity crises that people think are midlife crisis and it's like no you're finally having this like oh shit like I've been living a lie (laughs) and that's the crazy thing is because like with psychology I've learned that from infancy to seven months during that developmental stage our love and like our confidence from ourselves is dictated how our parents respond to our reactions and so it's like when you think of my worth and the way I view myself and the confidence I have is because of the way my parents treated me when I was zero to seven months is crazy. And it's almost like, instead of blaming myself, I have to be like blaming them for not loving me enough, maybe loving me too much. Right. And like all of these different avenues, but then I have to understand that like, I'm also not that seven month old that I was, that I still perceive I am. So then I have to do the inner child healing to like find the adult version of Cheyenne or Dakota or whoever we want to be. Right. But then as soon as we start changing, you hear the people like, well, you're not, Oh, this is old Dakota. Where is old Dakota? I like old Cheyenne better. Like, who is this person? And it's like, am I like, I'm never that seven month old. Like, why are you comparing me to a person I was last year? Like we should never be at the same point in our life. Right. Like we should always be evolving. And I think it's so crazy how it's easier to live a life for someone else opposed to living a life for ourselves. Like it's so easy to take care of other people's needs and love others and all these other things. But it's like, ultimately like you can't love others if you don't love yourself you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself and like we teach others how to treat us so it's like you have to learn how to treat yourself in order to like teach others how to treat you and people don't look at it in that avenue right and so I kind of want you to touch base like have you I guess like as you were growing and as you were like finding this authentic acoustic you did you realize that some of the people who were in your life started to fall off or like started to do that pushback or were they kind of just like all on board? Like, did you have to set any like specific boundaries 
Um, or what did that look like for you in like finding the right tribe that really accepts who you are? Yeah. Um, so really, I take it for what it's worth. Like I was the one that was doing all that, you know? So it was like me, I, I didn't really care. Like I had a bigger vision of, of what it was that I wanted to become and the type of person that I wanted to become. But I also tried as much as I could to, to understand where I was at and the type of individuals that I should be surrounding myself with in order to get where it is that I wanted to go. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was, I could build this amazing relationship. Maybe this is where I might need to do a little bit of like therapy to like mm -hmm. dig into this. Maybe it's deeper than what I'm getting at. Right. But it's like, I would be, let's say I have a relationship with somebody for a year, two years. And like, as far as everybody else is concerned, like that is my best friend. Like that is my homie. Right. And then I have this idea of who it is that I want to become. And if I'm looking at that person and I see they don't really serve me where it is that I'm at right now, and they don't serve me to where it is that I'm, I'm going to be going, I have no issue. Just it's done. It's over with. And then like, as of, let's say Tuesday, we were best friends. We were hanging out and went to go grab drinks. And like, I made that decision Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, as far as I'm concerned with as extreme as it sounds, they're dead in my, they're dead in my universe. They don't, they don't exist anymore. And now I'm off moving forward to find the people it is that I, that I want to surround myself with that I either want to become, can learn something from, or they just bring something to the table, you know, Yeah. So for myself, like, yeah, maybe I guess you could say there have been a little bit of fall off. Like I, when it comes to the circle of people that I, I surround myself with, it's more so of like a feeling that I go off of. And just naturally I gravitate towards people that are exactly the type of individuals that I want to be or need to have in my life. And then mm -hmm. as they, they grow, if they still serve me in that capacity, then we kind of like grow together. If they don't just like naturally we drift apart, but there's also like, I have no issues if there's like, I guess you want to say trying to <laughs> cling on, right. Just being like, Hey, it's wrapped it's done and then all ties are cut and then I'm on to the the next thing that I'm trying to do so yeah. it's a little bit of both but I know that was something I've always been very very conscious of I wouldn't say always have actually it's just something I've noticed I've done just naturally but as of recently I have become a lot more conscious of that's just kind of how I've always operated yeah yeah and I think it's really cool because I always use like the mentality of if it doesn't like living your life intentionally, obviously, which is, I know something you do and like being intentional in everything you do, every avenue of your life. Yeah. But I realized that like, I always ask myself, like, if it's not building my business, not building my bank account, not building my mindset or not building like my self-worth, I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And that's kind of like how um, I live my life right and so it's like if you're not serving me and you're only taking my time and energy but you're not giving it back like I'm gonna say no mm -hmm. and um it's it's interesting in that avenue because some people don't have that mindset and someone don't doesn't think they have the capability of cutting people off because they've been in their lives for so long and all these things but how important is it to train your mind to get that because it is almost a skill set right mm -hmm. and so I think of like people they'll fork out hundreds and thousands of dollars to go to the gym and to hire the personal trainer and to get the perfect body mm -hmm. but yet they won't spend the money they need to get the mental health and like your brain is just as strong of a muscle as your body if not more important so like what is the significance of having that mindset and training your mind in order to build that confidence or that skill set 
And what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, as far as like, what is the significance? Like, I would say it is the most important thing that one could do for an individual. Like this thing up here between our ears, right? Like creates the entire world that we exist in. So that right. whole cliche thing of like glass half full, glass half empty, like this thing perceives the world and how you and operate up here and how you think and how you just perceive situations. That's how the world manifests itself to you. And so it's, it's the only thing, this is what creates our reality, you know? So it's, it yeah. is of the utmost importance to, to train that muscle, to have the abilities to be able to do that. Because if you don't, you're, you're already setting yourself up for failure. You right. Like it's a crazy example, but it's the first one that came to my brain. It's like, it's, it's kind of the equivalent of deliberately chopping off your legs and then choosing not to do anything about that situation, but then trying to run in a race. It's like, how do you, how could you possibly expect yourself to win? You know what I mean? Like, how could you, how could you possibly expect yourself to even perform when you're deliberately working against yourself? You have no legs. How do you expect to run a hundred meter dash? Yeah. You know, and so like, that's what this thing is when it comes to the world in which we exist in. So it's, it is the most important thing like what it looks like to me and how how it is that I go about that is I I really do try to to dive deep into this thing and understand that it creates everything but it is also as this aboriginal tribe would call a nindupiter which is fucked beyond all repair right <laughs> like it's just you take a ball right you ball a yarn you hold like the end of the yarn and you just roll the ball and wherever it bounces like that's kind of how this thing operates but you can also gain control over it that doesn't allow for that to be its natural modus operandi, you know? And so I've just always tried to make the conscious effort to, to do things that, that serve that purpose. And if let's say I reach my ceiling, then I utilize all the tools that we have being in the 21st century, go to YouTube university, right? Pull up YouTube and then I'll watch either psychologists talk about something or I'll watch like a, a guru talk about something or whatever, just so I can, I can constantly have things being inputted into here that either I can use right now or at some point or another, I could pull out of my tool bed and be able to use it in the future. So it's just always trying to be in the know of different ways that you can attack this thing. Cause there's some ways that might work for one person that I watch and then I try it and it doesn't work for me. And then there may be things that I learned from somebody else that don't work for them, but it actually works for me. Yeah. And there also may be things that you try today that don't work, but then you try three months later and now they do. So right. In my head, it was just as long as I have these tools in my tool belt, I'll be able to pull them out at will. But just like any tool, you have to know how to be able to use it. So I figured I would just gather as much knowledge on the different as on the different ways in which you can go about training this. So then I just have all this assortment of tools in my tool belt. So whenever in point in time, I might need to use them. I just know which ones to use. And then based on the context of my life, how I need to apply them so I can get the outcome that I want to get, for lack of better words. I love that. And yeah, it's so important because it's like, you know, this can go in so many different avenues. So almost being able to control your thoughts rather than having your thoughts control you. Cause I always say like what you focus on grows and like what you say shows, which is literally like your thoughts dictate your reality. Like if you believe it, you feel it like it's happening, right? Like that's where that manifestation comes in. Yeah. And so what is like your daily routine in order to like either check yourself when you feel like your brain is going off track or 
some ways for you to like mentally prepare for the day. So like for me, I know I have to do miracle morning, my affirmations, my gratitudes, my meditations before I even start my day or my day is thrown off. So like, what is kind of like your routine that you take in order for this self-care um, or this mental buildup that you have learned to create? Yeah. So for me, it's, it, it changes based on the stage in which I'm in and what it is that I'm trying to achieve. Right. So when I was really trying to just understand how this thing works, I would journal every single day, every single day. Like I would wake up and when I would just write the first thing that came to my mind, that would be it. So let's say I wake up and I'm, I'm feeling anxious or, or angry for some reason or whatever. I'll just start to journal about it and then just let my brain go. I try to distance myself from judgment or bias and just like let the words just come out onto the paper as they they do. And then over time, I would then go back, reread them. Like I have journals of almost every single, like literally every single time I, I fill up a journal, like I, I have another one right here. Like, and they're all, as you can see, like this one right here from start to finish, it's pretty much completely filled. You know what okay. I mean? And, you know, same thing. I don't need to go through all of them, but yeah, idea. And so I just keep them all so I can just reflect and then see because there's what you write every single day and then there's there's trends in that but when you're writing it every single day you won't be able to see it but then when the journal is complete and then you go back and reread the thoughts well now you see trends in it now you see the overarching picture that you might be talking about and then you also might see that there's you're just all over the place but each one of those things tell a story and yeah so by having those now i understand like who dakota was and who Dakota like was and who Dakota like kind of was and then now who Dakota is and then using all of that to kind of then facilitate what I need to do moving forward. So what I really do right now is I have um, my whiteboard right in front of me where I, it's like a calendar. And so I have like a theme that I'm trying to focus on for the month. Um, I read it yeah. from not read it, but I saw this TED talk with this guru. His, um, his name was Shen, Shen Yi, Shen Wu or whatever. He's a Shaolin monk. Um, and it was a TED talk on self-mastery. And so there was, I think it was like five or six um, things that stand in the way of us and self-mastery. And the theme for this month is dullness and heaviness, right? So pretty much what that is, is anything that makes our, our body feel very, very heavy or makes our mind feel dull. And so the process that he has is called RAIN. It's recognize, accept, um, investigate, and then not identify. And so I have that be the theme for the week. So it's just something that's constantly in front of my face all the time. So when I wake up, maybe I'll journal. I have this um, daily stoic journal that kind of gives me little prompts to, to kind of write about or at least think about for the day. I'll do that. Then I go to the gym, at least try to. Um, and then I try to like really just have my morning be clearing my mind rather than trying to do anything with it. Just like clearing it, let it like wake up. Let it just like get to a place of like, I am ready to attack the day yeah. you know? or I'm just ready for the day, you know, but then I look at my whiteboard and then I have, all right. So this week, my focus is to recognize, recognize where dullness and heaviness plays into my life. Recognize when I feel dull or have like heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. that, so actually this week coming up, you know, today's, today's, yeah, today's 12. So this week coming up, it's accept. So it's just like, rather than judge, it's just, okay this is where I'm at. 
Mm. And that's it. No judgment. It's just, this is where I'm at. You know, yeah. you know, the investigate is just now just prying a little deeper, seeing where the root of that thing comes from. And I do all this via journal, you know, or sometimes just thoughts. If I have something major, I'll text it to myself. But most of it is really journaling. Journaling, I think, is the most the most powerful thing that I've done to really help with this evolution, because it's one thing to think about it. It's a whole nother thing to think about it in a way that allows you to be able to put it down on a piece of paper in a concise sentence, let alone a paragraph, let alone over multiple journal entries. You know, yeah. now you have it in writing so you can reflect on it, read it. And then see if there's maybe something in the words that you were writing day to day that you missed because it's happening day by day. So yeah. journaling is definitely the biggest one that I do for sure. Um, I haven't really been doing too, too much meditating. Um, but journaling has definitely been probably one of the biggest ones or at the very least not overwhelming my brain with, with things like, so my phone, for example, first wake up, I literally don't touch that thing for at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours if I can do not touch it. I even keep it away from my bed. So all I have to do is go and hit beep, stop the alarm. And that's it. Do not touch it for the rest of the morning until like eight, nine o'clock or so when I'm getting my day started. So generally yeah. not touching anything that can put something into my mind that my mind naturally just doesn't want to be there for the day, you know, and just watch, yeah. watch rinsing and repeating that over the course of the day. I love that. And it goes into this aspect of almost like keeping your vision in your forefront of like what you want to focus on and what you want to grow upon. And also like tracking your journey, which is important too. like, everyone is so focused on the bigger outcome and who they want to be, the success they want to have, but no one wants to really like enjoy the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. And you know, your life is a story. And so I was telling like my confidence clients that like, you literally are a little tiny character in this giant epic novel. And so it's like, what role do you play into that? What role do you play into your life? And like, you are ultimately the author of your own life and the author of your own character. So it's like, how are you moving and shaking in this world? But how do you also track where you've come from and where you're going now if you're not releasing the thoughts that are getting conjured up in your head right because that's mm -hmm. when you often get like the mental disorders is when you're not releasing that energy yeah. and so our bodies are literally a magnetic energy force that radiates and the things we've learned and the knowledge we like have learned throughout our life is what dictates the color of our skin how we perceive ourselves how others perceive us and mm -hmm when you realize it, that you're literally just this ball of energy, yeah. like you almost have to say less and attract more. Right. And so it's like, you can say the things, but if your energy is not matching the words you're saying, like there's this disconnect and then you get the depression and then you get the anxiety. And a lot of people look at that as a negative thing. When in reality, depression is literally telling your body like there's a disconnect from your mind feelings and the people around you so mm -hmm. it's time for you to ground like that is your body screaming at you like you need to get your yeah. shit together yeah. and it's like you know and then it's up to us to ground ourselves but like how mm -hmm. do we ground ourselves right like that's where a lot of people get the confusion and yeah. so I love how you shared like you actually keep your journals and track your journals and like read through your journals because you can write it down and forget about it but are you keeping your vision in your forefront is like the really important part so yeah. i absolutely love that yeah and it's even like super interesting to like let's say write down something in your journal like all right so moving forward i want to i don't know 
have a much more of an of an open heart when it comes to to things that maybe I may not agree with, right? And it's super interesting to see like you're writing about that. You write four to five paragraphs or four to five pages of why that shit is so important to you. And then it's even more interesting to see how, let's say maybe three, four months later, right? Or even a year later in your journal, you're going through almost a year's worth of time where you're just fucking hating everything around you, right? And it's like, in the you drew a line in the sand of like, I want to become this kind of person. But then time goes on and you either are something completely different or you're like the opposite of what that person was, or at least what you wanted to become. You know, like that all tells tells a story mm-hmm. about yourself that you can kind of see again on on a trend basis because the trends is what really will tell you something. You know, you could see yeah. that it's, it's just it's something that's just you should do it. You should do it because yeah. you really have time stamps in your life and you can fill in the gaps with what you're writing about, you know, yeah. you wrote it when you were there. So it's, that's about as fresh as it gets. Yeah. And it almost like gets rid of any excuses that play into your life. And like, I'm a firm believer is like, there's no such thing as excuses. Like there's circumstances and situations, but like they're there because you chose for them to be there. So like a lot of my listeners are moms or parents or things like that. And so it's like a lot of time people are like, I can't become this person because I have kids, but it's like, you chose to have kids. So stop using them as an excuse or they're like, oh, I don't have time and energy or like just anybody is like time is the biggest excuse. Like I don't have the time to do the thing. And it's like those excuses are the circumstances you've created and the circumstances you've allowed. So it's Mm -hmm. like, stop, like accept that, accept that those are your circumstances that you decided on and like stop making that the reason you can't change them because you can change any circumstance and find a solution for any circumstance and things like that and but people get so focused on the problem rather than having like the solution mindset or the solution focused like thought process mm-hmm. um but i feel like all of that goes into who you want to be too right because it's like you have a problem you want to fix you want to become this better person but if you're so fixated on becoming that person you're almost losing sight on the solution to get there yeah. and you know, that journaling is important because it does allow you to look back and see the trends, which is ultimately your sub, like your unconscious thoughts and patterns that are going to tell you the solution to become that higher potential of yourself. Um, And I absolutely love that you brought that all up because, you know, we all have everyone I've talked to who have reached like this ultimate potential of themselves. The number one thing that they do is journal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to keep a diary and it's girly and it's this. And it's like, no, it's the most powerful thing you can do is getting your thoughts out because we could talk to people every day about what's going on in our mind, but no one is going to understand you or your thoughts or feelings better than you. So why not write them down? And then you can look at them from an outside perspective, trying then to analyze them while they're inside your mind. Yeah. And then it also just forces you to to find out what you kind of care about with all the thoughts that are bouncing around in your brain, you know, because your brain moves so much faster than your mouth, which also moves so much faster than your hands, you know, so it's like you it forces you to have to filter all of this stuff. So it's like you have like this wine glass, where you have all these thoughts that are just bouncing around up here. And then it's like, all right, then they get filtered into like the writing. But what comes out is of some type of value. Right. Right. And also, if it isn't of value, that also tells a story because it's like, all right, well, why are you just saying today? I feel sad because, you know, I wanted to go outside, but it's raining and my balcony is just like wet. 
You know, it's like, are, is that really why you're sad? Or are you just trying to write something to, for the sake of writing something? Because you don't really want to address like you're sad because of whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're actually sad about. You yeah. know, it's, there's not really any any losing in it because at the end of the day, you know. So if you're yeah. sitting down to write about, let's say, why you're sad and you actively choose to bullshit yourself, you're not going to forget the fact that you could have wrote about it, but you didn't, you know? And so mm-hmm. that is something that you can then start to look at and poke and prod at of like, why did I not want to do that? Why did I not want to write that down? Nobody's going to see this. Like I may never even read it again. So why do I, why do I not want to face that? You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's not really a, a, a losing strategy when it comes to journaling. The, the losing strategy is you just don't journal at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because I always say like your thoughts are meant to be thought and your feelings are only meant to be felt. And a lot of times we let our thoughts dictate our feelings and our feelings dictate our thoughts. And it's like, no, like they're two totally different things. Like you think the things you think you feel the things you feel like nothing else and like nothing more, nothing less. And your behaviors are the choices you have. And so it's like this who I think it was Ed Milet that said it. And he was like, you are literally the consequence of your behaviors. And he was saying, it's almost like, fuck your feelings. Because it's like, if you are a parent, you're tired, you're annoyed, you don't ever stop being a parent. You fight through those feelings. You know, you're in a relationship, your partner gets on your nerves, your partner pisses you off, you get angry, you scream, you yell, but at the end of the day, you're still with that partner. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why is it that we as ourselves let our thoughts and our feelings dictate our behaviors when in any other situation we put our feelings aside and continue to do the things we want to do and i think that was so powerful yeah and it's because it's easier like it's yeah. it's so much easier to to have anybody and any and anything be a scapegoat as to why you can't achieve what you achieve it's so initially right it's so much more harder and difficult to accept like i'm here because of me it's so much easier to be like i'm here because of them i'm here because of this i'm here because of like all like it's easy to pass the buck to something because now it doesn't it's not your fault and if it's not your fault well then there's nothing you can do about it and it makes you feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside you know but it's yeah that's where it's really interesting where accepting all of the responsibility for everything that's going on in your life initially yeah it's hard as fuck like it's really fucking hard but then on the back end of that, once you actually like, once that just becomes the way that you operate now, it's so much more freeing because if you're responsible for all of this negative things that have happened in your life, you also can now be simultaneously responsible for all of the positive things that you choose to do in your life. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, it's hard for people because every single thing that you do is nobody else's fault. Even if somebody else does something to you, right? Yeah, we can entertain the idea that it wasn't your fault. But ultimate accountability, everything that ever that you ever experience that you ever see is only ever your fault and nobody else's. Yeah. That now makes the world your canvas. Yeah. Because now you are you are identifying that you're in direct control of everything. Yeah. And now you can actually do something about that. You know, I so, love that. But it's just because it's, it's easier. People like to choose the path of least resistance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it almost goes down to like 
not only taking responsibility of your actions, but like you are only in control of how you respond, how you think, how you behave and how you feel. Nothing mm-hmm. else you are in control over. So it's like if someone pisses you off or someone does something to hurt you, like how you respond and behave and let it impact your life is your control. And that is important. But again, people don't want to take the responsibility. Um, but thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, is there any other like getaways, takeaways, um, important nuggets you want to share with the listeners before I let you go and continue on with your amazing day? Yeah. Um, just going off a lot of what it is that we talked about, you like, you should strive to reach this place of ultimate detachment, ultimate detachment. Um, there's this concept in philosophy that I love so much and like my interpretation of it, what, and it's called, it's the unmoved mover and my interpretation of what at least meant to me on like the ideal individual, right. Is like this person that really the only part about them that exists in this plane, this 3d world that we exist in is just the literal physical shell and the skin and all of that stuff. But everything else, like you are completely detached from it. You're above it not in this this superior sense, but in this idea of like, you have no attachment to the outcome of anything. You have no attachment to anything. So therefore, if you have no attachment to anything, nothing can hurt you. It's like that African proverb, right? Of there, if there are no enemies within, the enemies outside could do no harm. Like get to that place because now you can come from a place of just of purity all the time. We carry biases. We carry these, these ideas in our head, in our minds, and in our hearts too that that sway us in directions, but they all come from us having attachment to something. And then maybe that attachment leaving us without our choice. And now we're, we have trauma or we have scar, or we have pain, but then the next time you experience something similar to that, your heart's going to remember that your brain's going to remember that. And now it's going to factor that into the equation of what you should be doing, you know? So it's just like reaching this place of, of ultimate attachment. If somebody says something or has to say something about what it is that you choose to do, who cares? You yeah. make a mistake. Who cares? Right? Like you get like you get fired from your job. Who cares? Right? Like anything and everything like that should be how you how you live. It's so much more peaceful that way. And it's not yeah. in this like I don't give a fuck about anything type of environment. <laughs> right? It's like it's it's something deeper than that. It's I it's it's just deeper. It's like just this ultimate yeah. understanding that like at the end of the day, everything's okay because you're waking up breathing you're healthy and even if you aren't healthy like you're still able to walk around and you could see with both of your eyes you could smell with your nose and you could wiggle your hands and your toes and your feet and you could breathe properly right like you're good what else do you actually need yeah we're born into this world and we think that because now we have you know clothes and a chain or a hat or we drive cars or whatever that we're, we're these these superior beings and that we, there's all these things that come with us having things to be happy. But it's like really at the end of the day, let's not forget that not even a couple thousand years ago, right, which really isn't much in the span of time, we didn't have any of this. And we were probably maybe way more happier than we actually are today. Yeah. Don't create these fake stressors in your life. Most of the stuff you probably yeah. stress about is probably false. <laughs> probably false. And it's probably not yeah. even valid. It's not legitimate. So just like... Yeah. Make ultimate detachment be what it is that you strive to be. And like that will allow the space for, for bliss and joy to, to exist here. 
but you can't get there without accepting what it is that you're at or where it is that you're at, who it is that you currently are, what you may be experienced, what people have done to you. Acceptance is literally the first part of it. Accepting it allows you to be okay with it, which then allows you to let it go. And once you let it go, you don't carry any of the trauma, you don't carry any of the pain, you don't carry any of the stress, and you actually live a lot more of a happier life. But it's because joy is now able to enter the body because there's no scars preventing it from being able to do so. You know, so that's yeah. what it is, I would say. And I'm not saying this like I'm at that state. I'm not. But right. that is what I actively try to strive to to get to. That is what my end goal is. You know, so it's because I think it's super valuable. No reason to stress yourself off for no reason, especially when yeah. often having the stuff that we see doesn't even actually matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, so yeah, this is that. So good. Thank you so much. And um, for those of you that are new, you guys can tap the show notes for more information. Um, But thank you, Dakota, for hopping on and sharing the yummy goodness with all of us today. One way to allow individuals to find the acoustic cue is to invite them in on this journey. So if you have a tug on your heart to share these episodes with people who you believe can learn from them or benefit from them or need to hear them, share these episodes, share the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, and let's go impact the world one day at a time. The best way for us to give back to those that we love is to invite them to become the best versions of themselves. I hope you guys are having the most amazing day and we'll check back in later.